The intelligence of innocence. A child is pure intelligence because a child is yet uncontaminated. A child is a clean slate. Nothing is written on him. A child is absolute emptiness. Tabula rasa. The society will start writing immediately that you're a Christian, Catholic, Hindu, Mohammedan, communist. The society will immediately start writing the Bhagavad Gita, the Quran, the Bible on you. The society cannot wait. The society is very much afraid that if, he, if the child's intelligence is left intact, then he will never be a part of any slavery, of any structure of domination. He will neither dominate nor be not dominated. He will neither possess nor be possessed. He will be a pure rebellion. His innocence has to be corrupted immediately. His wings have to be cut. He has to be given crutches to lean upon so he never learns how to walk on his own feet so he remains always in a kind of dependence hmm interesting first the children are dependent on the parents and the parents enjoy it very much whenever children are dependent parents feel very good their life starts having some meaning. They know that they are helping some new people to grow up, some beautiful people to grow up. They are not meaningless. They have a, a, vi a vicarious enjoyment of being creative. It is not true creativity, but at least they can say that they are doing something. They are occupied. They can forget their own problems in the anxiety of bringing up the children. And the more the children are dependent on them, the more happy they feel. Although, on the surface, they go on saying they would like their children to be independent. That is only on the surface. A really independent child hurts the parents. Huh? A really independent child hurts the parents. <laughs> Maybe I was one of them. They don't like the independent child because the independent child has no need for them of them. Ah, oh, that's true. This is one of the big problems the older generation is facing today. Children in the modern age are not dependent on them. And because they are not dependent, you cannot force things upon them. You cannot tell them what to do and what not to do. You cannot be their masters. The older generation is suffering very much. <coughs> For the first time in human history, the older generation is feeling utterly empty, meaningless, because their whole occupation is gone. And their joy in bringing up children is shattered. In fact, they are feeling guilty, afraid, 
that they may be destroying the children. Who knows? What are what they are doing may not be the right thing. Parents destroy the intelligence of the children because this is because that is the only way to enslave them. Then the teachers, school, college, university do the same. Nobody wants a rebe- nobody wants a rebel. And intelligence is a rebellion. Nobody wants to be questioned. Nobody wants his authority to be questioned. And intelligence is questioning. Intelligence is pure doubt. Yes, one day out of this pure doubt arises trust. But not against doubt. It arises only through doubt. Trust comes out of doubt. As a child comes out of the mother's womb, doubt is the mother of trust. The real trust comes only through doubt, questioning, inquiring, and the false trust, which we know as belief, comes by killing the doubt, by destroying questioning, by destroying all quest, inquiry, search. By giving people ready-made truths, huh? The politician is not interested in children's interests, because leaders are leaders only because people are stupid. <laughs> The politician is not interested in children's intelligence. Because leaders are leaders only because people are stupid, is <laughs> it? And and when people are so stupid, they will find stupid leaders. People are so intelligent that they will be ready to fall into the trap of anybody who can pretend to lead them. Children are born with pure intelligence, and we have not yet been able to replace respect it. Children are the most exploited class in the world, even more than women. After women's liberation, sooner or later, there is going to be children's liberation. It is far more necessary. Men have enslaved women. And men and women both have enslaved the children, and because the child is very helpless, naturally he has to depend on you. It is very mean of you to exploit the child's helplessness. But hitherto parents have been mean, and I'm not saying that. Deliberately or consciously, they have been so, but almost unconsciously, not knowing what they are doing. That's why the world is in such a misery. The world is in such a mess. Unconsciously, unknowingly, every generation goes on destroying the next generation. This is the first generation which is trying to escape out of the trap, and this is the beginning of a totally new history. 
But children certainly are utterly intelligent. You just watch children, look into their eyes, look at the way they respond. Little Papa seems to be enjoying himself thoroughly at the zoo with his father. As they are looking at the lions, however, a troubled look came over the boy's face, and his father asked him what the matter was. I was just wondering, Daddy, in case a lion breaks loose and eats you, what number bus do I take home? <laughs> just watch children be more observant. A teacher asked her class of small children to make a drawing of the Old Testament story they liked best. One small boy depicted a man driving an old car. In the back seat were two passengers, both scantily dressed. It is a nice picture, said the teacher, but what story does it tell? The young artist seemed surprised at the question. Well, he exclaimed, doesn't it say in the Bible that God drove Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden? Hmm. No proof of their intelligence is needed. Just look around. Children are everywhere. Just watch. Another story I have heard. In another school, the teacher had asked the children the same question to make some pictures of any story that they liked. This children made an airplane instead of a car. The airplane had four windows. From one window, God the Father was looking out. From the other, the Holy Ghost, from the third, Jesus Christ. But the teacher was puzzled and, and asked, these three are, these three, I can't understand, but who is this fourth? The child said, that is Pontius the pilot. The Pontius, the pilot. That is Pontius the pilot. I don't get that. Let me check later. But nobody watches children. In fact, everybody thinks they are just a nuisance. Nuisance. They should not be heard. They should only be seen. That has been the dic dictum down the ages. That has been the dictum down the ages. Who cares what they ask? Who cares what they say? Who listens? A child came running home, panting and breathing hard, and told his mother. Listen to what happened. A tiger chased me from the school up to the house. Somehow I managed. I had to run so hard. The mother said, listen. I've told you millions of times not to exaggerate. Millions of times not to exaggerate. And here you go again. You found a tiger in the street? What is the tiger? He said. 
You can look out of the window. He's standing there. A small dog. The mother looked and said, This is a tiger. You know perfectly, you know perfectly well that this is a dog. Do you go up and pray to God and ask for forgiveness? So the child left. After a few minutes, he came back and he and, and the mother said, You prayed? You asked God? He said, Yes, I did. God forgive me. It was totally wrong of me to think of that little dog as a tiger. And God said, Don't be worried. When I first saw him, I also thought that he was a tiger. <laughs> Children have immense intelligence, but down the ages, they have not been allowed to develop it. Hmm, quite interesting. Children have immense intelligence, but down the ages, they have not been allowed to develop it. So we de develop their intellect instead of intelligence. We have to create a new kind of education in which nothing is imposed on the children, but where they are helped to strengthen their natural God-given intelligence. They are not to be suffered. They are not to be stuffed with information which is, in fact, almost useless. 98% of the information that we go on throwing into children's mind is just stupid, foolish. But because of that load, the baggage, the children will never be free from, free of the burden. I've been a professor in the university, and I've been a student from primary school to university. My own observation is that 98% of the information that we go on throwing on children is utterly futile. It is not needed at all. And not only it is futile, it is harmful, positively harmful. Children should be helped to be more inventive, not repetitive, which is what our education is based on right now. Our whole educational system is geared to repetition. If a child can repeat better than others, then he is thought to be more intelligent. In fact, he only has a better memory, not better intelligence. It almost always happens that the man with a very good memory may not have very good intelligence and vice versa. Albert Einstein didn't have a good, a very good memory. Newton, Edison, and so many more great inventors were really very forgetful of things. But our whole educational system is centered on memory, not intelligence. Stuff more and more information in the memory, make the man a make a man a machine. Our universities are factories where men are reduced to machines. Twenty five years are wasted, one third of your life in making you a machine.
and then it becomes really difficult to unwind you again, to make you a human being again. This, that is my work. You come as machines, very uptight, full of memories, information, knowledgeability, absolutely in the head, hung up there. You have lost all contact with your heart and your being. To pull you down toward the heart and then towards the being is really a difficult task. But in a better world, this will not be needed. Education should help people to become more and more intelligent, not more and more repetitive. Right now, it is repetition. You can't, you cram into your head whatsoever reason, whatsoever nonsense is told to you, and then you regurgitate, regurgitate, regurgitate. You regurgitate it in the examination papers. Regurgitate. I think it's a vomit. In another, in another, in another word, in another word, regurgitate, 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 in the regurgitated in the examination papers, and the better you vomit, the better you makes better marks you get. There is only one thing that you have to remember: to be exactly repetitive. Don't be, don't add anything. Don't delete anything. Don't be inventive. Don't be original. Originality is killed. Repetitiveness praised, and intelligence can grow only in the atmosphere where originality is praised. Hmm. I think this is exactly what the educator says. Who is that? Uh. British guy moved to the US. I forgot his name. Funny guy. Okay. Innocence is your nature. Innocence is your very nature. You do not have to become it. You are already it. You are born innocent. Then layers and layers of conditioning are imposed upon your innocence. Your innocence is like a mirror. And the conditioning is like layers of dust. Ah. Your innocence is like a mirror, and conditioning is like layers of dust. The mirror has not to be achieved. The mirror is already there, or rather here. The mirror is not lost. It is only hidden behind the layers of dust. You don't have to follow a way to reach your nature because you cannot leave your nature. You cannot go anywhere else, even if you wanted to. If even if you wanted to, it is impossible. That's exactly the definition of nature. Nature means that which cannot be left behind, that which cannot be renounced. But you can forget about it. You cannot lose it, but it can be forgotten. And that's exactly what has happened. The mirror is not lost, but forgotten, forgotten because it is not functioning anymore as a mirror. Not that any defect has arisen in it, just layers of dust 
are covering it. All that is needed is to clean it, to remove those layers of dust. The process of becoming innocent is not really a process of becoming. It is a process of discovering your being. It is a discovery, not an achievement. You don't attain to something new. You simply attain to that which you have always, always been. It is a forgotten language. It happens many times. You see a person on the road, you recognize him. His face seems familiar. Suddenly, you remember also that you know his name. You say, it is just on the tip of my tongue. But still, it is not coming to you. What is happening? If it is just on the tip of your tongue, then you can't. But why can't you say it? You know that you know it. But still, you are not able to remember it. And the more you try, the more difficult it becomes. Because making an effort makes you more tense. And when you are tense, you are farther. You are farther away from your nature. You are farther away from that which is already there. When you are relaxed, you are closer. When you are utterly relaxed, it will surface of its own accord. Hmm, that's true. Relaxing is the key for everything. So, you try hard, but it doesn't come, so you forget all about it. Then lying down in your bath, or just swimming in the pool, you're not even trying to remember that man's name when suddenly it bubbles up. What has happened? You are not trying to remember, and you are relaxed. When you are relaxed, you are wide. When you are tense, you become narrow. The more tense, the more narrow. The passage between you and that which is inside you becomes so narrow. That nothing can pass through it, not even a single name. Huh. Ken Robinson, <laughs> the name came out when I gave up to remember. Okay, all the great scientific discoveries have been made in this very mysterious way. In this very unscientific way, so to speak. Hmm, that's true. Mundane crew, Man Madame Curie was working on a certain mathematical problem for three years continuously, and the more she tried, the farther and farther away the solution seemed. She tried every possible way. But nothing was working, nothing was happening, and there was somewhere a deep, tacit feeling that the solution exists. I'm not struggling with something absurd. This tacit feeling continued all the time as an undercurrent. Hence, 
She could not drop the effort either. She was getting tired. Three years wasted for a single problem. But deep down within herself, somebody was saying the solution is possible. This exercise is not futile. Go on. And she went on stubbornly. She persisted. She dropped all other projects. She forced herself totally into the one problem. But the more she tried, the more impossible it became. One night it happened, almost as it happened to Gautama the Buddha. Of course, the problem was different. But the process was the same. Buddha had struggled for six years to attain enlightenment, and he had attained nothing. Then one night, he dropped the whole effort, went to sleep, and by the morning, when the last star was settling, he became enlightened. That night, Madame Curie dropped the idea, the whole project, they closed the chapter. Enough is enough. Three years wasted is too much for one problem. There were other problems which were waiting to be solved. If you look at this, Madame Curie dropped the idea of the whole project the close the chapter enough is enough three years wasted is too much for one problem three were there were other problems which were waiting to be solved it was finished in her mind although the tacit understanding was still there just like a constant murmur but she had followed it long enough it was time one has only a limited time. Three years is too much for one problem. Deliberately, he dropped the idea. As far as she was concerned, she closed, she closed the whole project. She went to sleep never to be bothered by that problem again. And in the morning, when she got up, she was surprised. One on a piece of paper on her table. The solution was there, written in her own handwriting. She could not believe her eyes. Who had done it? The servant could not have done it. He knew nothing of mathematics. And if Madame Curie had not been able to do it in three years, how could the servant have done it? And there was nobody else in the house, and the servant had not entered in the night. The doors were locked from inside. She looked closely, and the handwriting resembled hers. Then suddenly he resembled. Then suddenly he remem She remembered a dream. In the dream, she had seen that she had got up, gone to the table. Written something, slowly, slowly, the dream became clear. Slowly, slowly, she remembered that she had done it in the night. It was not a dream. She had actually done it. And that 
was the solution. It was not a dream. She had actually done it. And that this was the solution. For three years, she had been struggling hard. Nothing was happening. And the night she dropped the project, it happened. What happened? She became relaxed. Huh? I just think I should drop my idea of my project. I've been working, I've been working hard. I've been working for nine years, I guess, almost next year. And I think, I don't know, I can't explain, but my gut feeling tells me this is the key for me at this moment. I should drop my idea of getting a public speaker or something. Just be. I just need to be a public speaker right now at this moment here. Ah, I see. I see. I see. Once you have dropped the effort, you become relaxed. You become restful. You become soft. You become wide. You become open. It was there inside her. It surfaced. Finding the mind no longer tense. It surfaced. Ah. Innocence is there. You have simply forgotten it. You have been made to forget it. Society is cunning. For centuries, man has learned that you can survive in this society only if you are cunning. The more cunning you are, the more successful you will be. That's the whole game of politics. Be cunning. Be more cunning than others. It is a constant struggle and competition as to who can be more cunning. <laughs> Whatsoever, who's... Whosoever is more cunning, cunning is going to succeed, is going to be powerful. Okay? After centuries of cunningness, man has learned one thing, that to remain innocent is dangerous. You will not be able to survive. Hence, parents try to drive their children out of their innocence. Teachers, schools, colleges, universities exist for the simple work of making you more cunning, more clever, although they call it intelligence. It is not intelligence. Intelligence is not against innocence. Remember, intelligence is the flavor of innocence. Intelligence is the fragrance of innocence. Cunningness is against Cunningness is against innocence. And cunningness, cleverness are not synonymous with intelligence. But to be intelligent needs a tremendous journey in inward. No schools can help. No colleges, no universities can help. Parents, priests, the society, they are all extroverted. They cannot help you to go inward. And 
Buddhas are very rare, few and far between. Not everybody is fortunate enough to find a Buddha. Only a Buddha can help you to be an intelligent person. But you cannot find so many Buddhas who want to become primary school teachers and high school teachers and university professors. It is impossible. So there is a substitute for intelligence. Cunningness is a substitute for intelligence, a very poor substitute, remember. And not only is it a poor substitute, it is just the opposite of it, too. The intelligent person is not cunning, suddenly intelligent, but his intelligence keeps his innocence intact. His intelligence keeps his innocence intact. I like that. He does not sell it for mundane things. The cunning person is ready to sell his soul for small things. Judas sold Jesus for only 30 silver coins. Just 30 silver coins. And Jesus can't be sold. Judas must have brought Judas must have thought that he was being very intelligent, but he was simply cunning. If you don't like the word cunning, you can call him clever. That is just a good name for the same thing, for the same ugly thing. The society prepares you to be cunning so that you are capable of competing in this struggle for existence, the struggle, the struggle to survive. It's as, it is a cutthroat competition. Everybody is after everybody else's throat. People are ready to do anything to succeed, to be famous, to climb the ladder of success, name of fame. They are ready to use you as stepping stones. Unless you are also cunning, you will be simply used, manipulated. Hence, the society trains every child to be cunning. And these layers of cunningness are hidden or hiding your innocence. Innocence has not to be achieved. It is already there. Hence, it is not a question of becoming. It is your being. It has only to be discovered or rediscovered. You have to drop all that you have learned from others, and you will immediately be innocent. Hence, my antagonism toward all knowledge that is borrowed. Don't quote the Bible. Don't quote the Gita. Don't behave like parrots. Don't just go on living on borrowed information. Start seeking and searching for your own intelligence. A negative process is needed. It is to be achieved through via negativa. That is the Buddha's way. You have to negate all that has been given to you. You have to say, this is not mine, hence I have no claim over it. It may be true, it may be, it may not be true, who knows? Others say it is so, 
unless it becomes my experience, I cannot agree or disagree. I will not believe or disbelieve. I will not be a Catholic or a communist. I will not be a Hindu or Mohammedan. I will simply not follow my idea. Uh, I will not. I will simply not follow any ideology. Because how? Because whoever follow, whoever you follow, you will be gathering dust around yourself. Stop following. My work is not to teach you something, but to help you to discover yourself. I love that. My work is not to teach you something, but to help you to discover yourself. Just drop all knowledge. It hurts because you have carried that knowledge for so long, and you have been bragging so much about the, that knowledge, your degrees, MAs. And PhDs and D lit, D lit, and you have been bragging about all those degrees. And suddenly, I'm saying to you, drop all the nonsense. Drop all that nonsense. Just be as simple as a child. Just be again a child as you were born, as God sent you into this world. In that mirror-like state, you will be able to reflect that which is. Huh. Innocence is the door to knowing. Knowledge is the barrier. And innocence is the bridge. Ah, I like it. Innocence is the door to knowing. Knowledge is the barrier. And innocence is the bridge.